0: Welcome to Trash and Treasures, where we watch the movies other people throw away. My name is Vry, and with me, as always, is Dorothy. Hello! And we have a very special guest back. It's friend of the show, Alexis Sarah.
1: Hi, it's me, Alexis Sarah. I returned
0: by popular demand. <laughs> people people like the episodes you're on. They, they do well. <laughs> and also...
1: Also, I love doing this podcast. I would do it as long as they Aww. kept letting me do it. My, my heart is full of fuzzies.
0: Yeah, we, uh, y'all may really remember the last time Alexis was on, she, uh, w- she was on Pride Month to do, uh, To Wong Fu, and we definitely owed her a viewer's choice after that movie. <laughs> uh,
1: oh uh, gosh. Uh, I'm excited for whatever <laughs> Pride Month brings this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. To be determined. But for now, uh, thank you for bringing this movie that I- wasn't really aware existed.
1: I'm glad I could bring you this this um, treasure. It's my ultimate treasure. This movie. Yeah, so we watched uh, Yu
0: Gi Oh: The Dark Side of Dimensions, which is technically the fourth Yu Gi Oh movie. It's the third one that was actually theatrically released because nobody counts the season zero Toei stuff. Um, I, I, I did, in fact, see Pyramid of Light in a theater, by the I way. I did,
1: too. I actually watched the other movie in a the theater, too. They did a theatrical screening of the crossover one? Yep. They did, like, limited runs. It was
0: like all of the heroes from the various Yu-Gi-Oh's get together, do a thing, it's a movie. Uh. But I didn't watch the other Yu-Gi-Oh's because I'm dual monsters or die. <laughs> I mean, valid. It's It's the best
1: one. Um,
0: I was definitely that cranky, like, OG fan who, you know, the 4Kids original run of of the original series finished up and they started airing GX and I I was fully still drowning in my feelings and I was like, these aren't the characters. These are different characters with stupid pointy hair. I don't (laughs) want this. But their eyeliner was still on point. It was. It's very important in Yu-Gi-Oh to have on point eyeliner. Yes,
1: it is necessary. I I used to upload subbed Yu-Gi-Oh GX episodes to YouTube. That's powerful energy. Yeah, I was really into it. So I was like, I'll just download the episodes as they come out and then upload them to YouTube and then I got like multiple accounts banned, but I was <laughs> dedicated. That I feel like it was way easier to
0: find subs of GX like With the original Yu-Gi-Oh, there wasn't really a dedicated fan-subbing community. I did, in fact, have some DVDs that I purchased very legally off of not-shady websites of, like, Battle City and The Last Arc. I have a lot of feelings about Battle City for that reason, but- and the subtitles are just one step above auto-translated garbage. There's a lot- they spend a lot of time calling Kaiba
2: seahorse- <laughs> I, I had I had a couple seasons of uh of uh Gensou Saiyuki that uh that had those same kind energy. of quality. Uh-huh. It's an experience.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. We lived in those days and in, in those times. I had like Yu-Gi-Oh, I uh, you know, Dragon Ball GT VHSs. Amazing. Uh and I thought I was like a god because I like found these G- I'm like this, how does this exist? We're on like Cell Saga.
0: That yeah, it's it's like you've gone forward in time, and like this podcast supports get using legal means to get to get stuff whenever possible. But you ju- you could not buy Yu Gi Oh in Japanese, subbed unsubbed. It didn't exist because four kids d- wh- did not put that shit out. Well, they did, but not till like two thousand eight. After nobody who was into that cared anymore, and then they gave up after like three, like, three DVDs with, like, 12 to 18 episodes.
2: I actually didn't watch Yu-Gi-Oh.
0: Yeah, that's the best part of this, listeners.
1: Yes, we're getting an authentic reaction to a movie that's supposed to relate to your feels of nostalgia.
0: Yeah, it's just just a two-hour nostalgia bomb. (laughs) And then, and poor Dorothy
2: is sitting beside me like, who are these people? I recognize Yu-Gi. I recognize Yugi, and I recognized Junoichi because I remember his dub voice. Yeah. And I recognize Kaiba uh-huh. and his annoying sibling. Uh-huh. And there's a girl. Poor Anzu. But well. I, I played Yu-Gi-Oh! I, I, I used to play it with my friends. I had a really good um, field control based water deck that I was quite pleased with. Sean helped me build it because he had disposable income. That <laughs> so so he could afford to, like, know stuff about the cards. But... <laughs> See, you were playing later than
0: me, because I, I played Yu-Gi-Oh for, like, a hot second in middle school, and I had a magicians base deck that was, like, from the early wave of cards, and then I took it to school, and it got stolen, and I was mm-hmm. so heartbroken that I just never tried again.
2: I, I had a collection of marbles that somebody stole when I was at school, and I never got over it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I feel this. Uh, the stealing feels here. I had a My dad got me, like, a new backpack when my parents just got divorced or whatever. And I had, like, all my games to go to my dad's new house. (gasps) Oh, no. And it, like, pushed my locker just a little bit open because it was too big. (gasps) Oh, no. And then someone pried it open and stole a bunch of stuff. I actually got some of it back. Like, the guy who decided to brag on a bus about stealing my stuff. (laughs) So I got some of it back. But, like, I guess he just denied that he had the rest of it. Oh, (sighs) my God.
0: That's the worst.
1: Yeah, I remember I was, like, traumatized, like, for the rest of middle school. I was like, ah!
0: Yeah, everything is bad forever and nothing is
2: safe. Yeah, the thing with the marbles really pissed me off. I'm like, my Game
1: Boy Advance! Mm
2: -hmm. How dare you? Mm -hmm. The thing with the marbles pissed me off because I was, like, the only kid in school who actually owned marbles.
0: (laughs) Right, who else even wants these? Why did you bother?
2: It'd ruin everyone's good time. I was so uncool. (laughs) Because I had marbles.
0: You played Yu-Gi-Oh. Well, okay. I didn't play Yu-Gi-Oh.
2: I did, I was, I did like, play 15.
1: Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yes, you were like a, a, a high school Yu-Gi-Oh goddess. Yeah, I was a high school Yu-Gi-Oh goddess. Um, I played Yu-Gi-Oh and then I quit in middle school at some point and then I got back into it in high school. Um, I had a friend in theater and we were like the kids who didn't take theater seriously. But we both liked theater. But anyway, we were like, oh, you like Yu-Gi-Oh? Well, we were just talking and chilling while everyone else was taking things seriously. And, like, yeah, so we brought our bunch of our old cards, and we just started playing, and then we just started, like, slowly, like, person by person, a person would show up and be like, oh, I used to have a deck of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and come, and then eventually we just had, like, two tables worth of people who would play Yu-Gi-Oh, like, every morning and at lunch. I was a bad girl. I would play, I would skip class to go play Yu-Gi-Oh sometimes, like, during <laughs> the other lunch period. <laughs> You know, and I had a hundred in that class. I'll never forget. I I passed it with a hundred because I was just that good at English, I guess. But I would skip it to play Yu Gi Oh like half the time. I mean, if you've already got what the, the class is trying to teach you, play that Yu Gi Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had a long and storied history with Yu Gi Oh. It's it's an epic saga, really.
0: Listeners at home, you may have realized it's that kind of episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, every teenager has a- you know, teenagers like a lot of things, but I feel like every teenager has a fandom they're embarrassing about, and that was Yu-Gi-Oh for me. I was embarrassing about Yu-Gi-Oh.
1: Oh, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I was awful about, like, competitive Yu-Gi-Oh when I was playing. Uh, Frankie would have horror stories, my fiance, (laughs) because we were together the whole time. Frankie was there with me before I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh again. Uh Uh-huh.
2: That's really
1: cute. I would make Frankie come like every other week to go watch me play Yu-Gi-Oh! because I because we only get to each other on weekends because we live far away. But I still wanted to play Yu-Gi-Oh!. Bonded by the heart of the cards. I did a Yu-Gi-Oh! web series for a little bit, like a fictional thing that we did a narrative. Because the the bridge series was big. Yeah. We we did a live action show. We thought it was very serious and very good. And Apparently, the person who was, like, the main one running it still hasn't given up on it. And I'm like, dude, this is pathetic at this point. Oh, dear. I sold Yu-Gi-Oh cards for, like, a living. That was basically what I did in, like, community college and in, like, the end of high school. Damn. Yeah.
0: I did not know that there was still a market for those.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, no. I would- I'd be hustling Yu-Gi-Oh cards and Pokemon cards at some point, too. I was- I was out there, I was out there, you know, on the grinds daily. <laughs> I, I try to be the honest saleswoman compared to the people who are lying to other people to try to get them to spend more money. I'd be like, look, 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 my friend. They're trying to overcharge you. Come over here to my home of wares.
2: But now I'm suddenly wondering how many drug dealers used Yu-Gi-Oh cards as cover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, were the I would be surprised. Um,
1: it, it's a hell of a drug. The longer you're in it, the worse it gets. Can I get you a pot of greed? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, two pots of greed, please.
0: <laughs> Otherwise it's not going to last the weekend. <laughs>
1: I have some friends over.
0: This, this is the part where I admit that I to this get
2: my graceful clarity on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this is the part where I admit that this movie was on rentable on Prime but I bought a DVD just because I heard that it came with the Japanese language track. And now I like a dub. A dub is fine. But but I am that
2: nerd about Yu-Gi-Oh! specifically. Wow,
0: because you're not that nerd
2: about anything. You like dubs.
0: I do. I like dubs. It's all fine. I'll call them Jesse and James and Ash. It's whatever. But fuck you, we're watching Yu-Gi-Oh! in Japanese.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. I watched it in English so we could have our contrasting... um experiences here yeah.
2: this is so funny to me because i used to be that insufferable asshole as a teenager like, subs, I to used to be
1: subs only <laughs> i was like trying to be a counterculture anime nerd but i was like i had just watched dubs and then you know, i'd watch subs of things i re- was really into like soul eater or death note yeah i liked those uh-huh. things when i was a teenager <laughs>
0: Yu-Gi-Oh! is one of the last series where it really matters at all and this movie is such a freaking revelation because it's I think what it's just the standard anime release but with a little bit of a hangover because the dub still has the Americanized names but it's a dual language DVD release not quite dub titles because we did watch part of this dub before I put my foot down and said no no. We're doing this the right way, because I can't- You, If I hear them call him Joey again, I'm going to die and my ears will bleed.
2: What about Taya? Uh, the worst that's not a name. joke ever. It's not a name. But like, her name's Anzu, and it's uh-huh. a pun. Uh-huh. You, you tried it. You tried it, four
0: kids. And there are guns. There are guns in it. Alright, so- I don't think at 15 minutes in I can say, I hope you know what Yu-Gi-Oh! is at this point. Uh, If you don't, they play children, you know, you probably know the memes. They play children's card games for very Actually, no.
2: Dorothy, what's the plot of Yu-Gi-Oh? Um, okay. (laughs) That's mean. (laughs) So a kid with fucked up hair has a grandpa who runs a game shop, which is for some reason a viable business. He puts together the Hellraiser puzzle uh-huh. and gets possessed by a Cenobite. Yes. That fucks with people by playing card games and such with them. And for some reason, we like it. <laughs> and also, Lex Luthor is there. Yes. With, with all of his attendant daddy issues and a sibling. Uh huh. That is 100% accurate. You win the prize. Woo!
0: <laughs> <laughs> In no way is what she said wrong. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's 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 right on the money.
0: And then event, and then it got shown in escalation S- syndrome, where you just have to play more and more tournaments with bigger and bigger
2: stakes, and well, also, well, but that's also Barbie syndrome. That's true. Where we're putting out. You have to play against new people so that they can demo even more cards for you to buy mm-hmm. with rules that do not adhere to <laughs> anything, and the part that is. At least slightly relevant to this movie is that eventually
0: the one-off Cenobite puzzle, the Millennium puzzle, is in fact part of a set of eight mystical macguffins that from Egypt that were magical and mystical and made possibly from you know the black magic melted down bones of an entire village, uh, and one of them is possessed by the soul of the pharaoh, and so who is in the puzzle. So you have to get together all of the MacGuffins so that he can go to the afterlife. Uh-huh. And find his eternal rest. But there's also and an evil spirit in one of this. the other ones. As though the pharaoh
2: is not evil.
0: No, but we like him because because the protagonist likes him, and he is very soft and they're good, and I'm gay. <laughs>
2: the pharaoh is clearly evil and was clearly a bad leader. This is pure decadence, Prince. Who is squandering his responsibility to rule over people by instead forcing them to engage in games of chance where he kills them? I mean,
0: it is definitely a case where the villain of the uh, the villain of the last arc hates the Pharaoh because his entire village was killed to make these magic McGuffins, and meanwhile, the Pharaoh is like, oh shit, that was going on. That's fucked up. I didn't know about that."
1: <laughs> yeah, they basically just. Um... Wave away his sins by saying he didn't know what he was doing as a figurehead.
0: Uh huh. Yugi and the Pharaoh, whose name is Atem, because they had to find his name so that he could go to his eternal rest, have a final duel to prove that Yugi is grown up enough that he doesn't need his imaginary brain boyfriend anymore. He can torment
2: people with cards all on him- on his own. <laughs> is that what I'm hearing? And that was the end of the series proper.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this movie picks up uh, where um, the other boyfriend of this character is very upset. He
0: he did not get a final duel of closure and he's mad about it.
2: And he's basically doing the Superman doomsday thing. Like there's a reason I joked about him being Lex Luthor, but he's basically doing the Superman doomsday thing where I'm going to create a copy of this person I definitely had a rivalry with and just beat the shit out of him. For catharsis for me, and it's not kinky. I, I pay no attention to my trip pants. It's very
0: heterosexual.
1: <laughs> it's Yu Gi Oh! A very heterosexual series about boys and their one friend that's a girl.
0: Poor, like, that's Does the word. Do anything ever. No, well, she I feel like she was supposed to be introduced to be the kind of implicit shown-in love interest who never really gets together with the lead, but then the show got so gay that she became more and more ancillary <laughs> and just is like, all right, you're going to grow up to be a dancer. Have fun in America. Good for, Good for you, her. honey.
1: <laughs> no, dad, I'm going to dance.
2: <laughs> She's going to get what she wants. Like, Anzu is such a nothing character, and
0: I feel so bad because she did nothing wrong, but there's just nothing she there. do anything right, either? She did a duel one time in, like, the first season.
1: I'm that she saying. was gonna <laughs> lose, but Mai <laughs> felt sorry for her.
2: I'm just saying, it's easy to do nothing wrong when you don't have anything to do. That's true.
0: You know what I'm really surprised about is the fact that Merrick isn't in this movie. This giant fan service movie. The very popular character that everybody liked, including me.
2: Ah, Merrick, the the one who brainwashed Louie into setting himself on fire. Nope, that's one that wrong I, series. Wrong series. <laughs> I
0: genuinely like the fans. The fan sub battles on that to this day. I don't know that they ever came to a conclusion on that because uh, people like,
2: fighting over whether the character was named like Malik or something.
0: Well, Malik is a real Egyptian name. Yeah. But, and the dubs, the, the dubs romand, romanized romanized it as, as Merrick, and to this day, I do not know what the official stance of the, of the series is on that front. Well,
2: I feel like the word that they kept using throughout this movie, I feel like it was supposed to be prana, but the subtitles translated it as plana. So I feel like this is an ongoing issue with the series using possibly words from other languages, and then
1: shitty romanization happening on top of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or just like, words slightly different to not compare it with the real fictional thing. It is one letter different.
0: Yeah. Because we have this oops ongoing background thing where we set our backstory in Egypt so we keep having a lot of evil brown people in our show.
2: Unfortunate. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and their complaint seems to be that makes them bad is, hey, you colonized this and stole our shit. Can we have it back? How dare you? <laughs> You're trying to
0: kill this nice teenage boy who, who holds the soul the soul of
2: an evil monarch. <laughs> and also it's just toting around your valuable artifacts <laughs> Just just to carry his card game in.
1: To be fair to Yugi, mm-hmm. his his magical evil boyfriend did help him kill people he didn't like. So that's true. He was a very shy and bullied young teen
0: until his evil brain boyfriend started stepping up
2: for him. I do remember when the first couple issues came over here in Shonen Jump. I remember flipping through and watching, uh, Yami makes somebody stab themselves in the hand. Oh yes, if you look behind you uh,
0: you will see the manga f- that I received for my 13th birthday and still have, and the plastic is peeling off because I read <laughs> it so many times and it does in fact have those very edgy
2: early chapters in it. Deeply edgelordy. <laughs> Rai, you referred to this as like a reunion movie? Uh-huh. <laughs> And that's just funny to me because everybody has their own plot and they almost never talk to one another. It's
0: super, yeah. Yeah, It's
2: weird because it seems to, like, just spotlight everybody as this is going on. But they're not actually interacting until the end. And even then, it Mm -hmm. seems like they're going to have to, like, go to lunch and explain, well, this fucked up thing happened to me today. (laughs) How about about you? Oh, I met that asshole too. (laughs) Oh shit, I spent the day balls out... You know, fully hallucinating.
1: It was in the weird. street. It feels like they wanted to make a movie about Seto Kaiba, but then they were like, "Oh, but we have the other characters. We got to do that." So they just have their own plots.
0: And then they were personally. So the plot of this movie is that you may, you probably, if you watched Yu Gi Oh casually out there, do not remember shoddy because he appeared in like four episodes in Battle City, and I watched those episodes a billion times, which is the only reason
1: I remember him. I remember the manga and him killing a guy with an alligator.
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent. He was like the ghostly guardian of the Millennium Items who, who was making sure that shit didn't go wrong and they got back to the Pharaoh. And then shit got super wrong, right? Shit did get super wrong. And he was real mad that the villain of that arc was the kid who was like, my life is fucked up because our family is supposed to guard these items and because of that, my dad was an abusive fuckhead. So I'm gonna kill the Pharaoh and that'll solve my problems. Direct action. Hell yeah, Merrick was good and I loved him and I can't believe he's not in this movie. (laughs) But, so anyway, Shoddy apparently had a cult of tiny children who he raised to believe were the special chosen ones who would lead the world to a betterer future... With the eighth millennium item that definitely exists but will only be revealed after the Pharaoh goes to the afterlife, which is the most legendary ass pull I've ever <laughs> heard
2: ever. It's amazing. It is it's quite it's quite the plot device. Meanwhile, Kaiba is is masturbating with a hard light hologram. No, no, it's fine. He's going to get the puzzle back together,
0: so he can have his last duel and definitely not angrily kiss his rival, who he hates. (laughs) Hates him so much. You know, no
1: no, no homo. But I'd make a time machine to fly through dimensions and destroy myself, so I could see you again. Yeah, this will be fine. I'm so gay.
0: I went to the. I invented a machine that went to the afterlife, so I I could see you again. You don't really need a
2: machine for that.
0: You know, you want to make That's sure you end up in the That's the darkest interpretation of that. Of that ending. I noticed some weird stuff with the dub translation. Of, so, like, Alexis, you watched it in English. What
1: is your interpretation of the whole thing with the the extra-dimensional cult? Uh, it seems like, in the dub of it, that they do have their magical powers. And that they are part of a magical cult. And that it's weird.
0: Like, I I think it's fundamentally the same, but in the, the subs, it's a little bit clearer that what he's talking about is, like, the collective Jungian unconscious that every- And so what he does when he sends people to the other dimension or whatever is he's cutting them off from that and making them just, like, people alone in their own heads with no ability to sense others or- This world that we've all built together or some shit. And I was not clear on that when I was watching it in English.
1: I was not clear on that. I just, I just went with it. I just thought, oh, he's doing a magic world thing. Yu-Gi-Oh does that sometimes? Yeah.
2: It's interesting to me just how many storytellers in Japan are super into really early psychoanalytic theory. Like uh-huh. Freudian, Jungian, and Lacanian interpretations of the mind. Freud went over and made, like, a big splash in the 70s and, like, super influenced. Well, and it reminds me a little bit, the, the influence it seems to have had on storytelling reminds me a bit of how, um, how Joseph Campbell's idea of um, a universal story affected a lot of Western storytelling for a few decades. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I'm just spitballing here, I don't actually know, but it's something that strikes me a lot of times when I watch anime and I see these specific early psychoanalytical theories cropping up Mm -hmm. as a structure.
0: Ostensibly, this dude is making sure Aigami is his cover name, but his actual name is Diva, which is
2: Which is one of the other reasons why I suspect they were copping some some Hindu stuff. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like every spiritual system in this is essentially window dressing anyway.
0: More or less, yes. Supposedly, he's supposed to be part of this, this collective group that is going to lead humanity to a better future. But mostly, he's like... But if I kill the pharaoh's vessel, I can make sure that he never comes back. A concern that is only a danger because, I mean, because Kaiba is is digging up the Millennium Puzzle, but also because I'm here stirring up shit. (laughs) (laughs) I have made my own problem. (laughs)
2: And this goes on for two hours. Yeah, he really did just start this shit himself.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, he had a- a, he woke up in a cold sweat, and he said, I have to kill this guy. Holy shit, I had a nightmare.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because if he hadn't done anything, Kaiba would have dug up the puzzle, and we would have gotten to that point at the end where Yugi's like, he's not in there anymore, man. And then they would have had lunch and talked about it, and maybe gone on a date,
2: and I would have liked it.
1: That's- that's the Yu-Gi-Oh movie we just heard.
2: So you told me though that the, the hair is just like that it's just, it's just like, like that. that his hair's just like that mm-hmm okay mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a natural trinette <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> I will say that the greatest crime this movie
0: did to me is the fact that the moment of fan service made specifically for me is hey we're gonna include the scene where uh where Rio gets possessed by the ring you all wanted to see that and we're gonna bring back- we're So we're gonna let Rika Matsumoto do the Yami Bakura voice again because it's the best thing that ever happened to anyone in the history of anime voice acting. I love it. But then when we bring back the Spirit of the Ring later, we're gonna have it possess a different character. So you won't- You will only get to hear Riku Matsumoto be super ham in one scene. Fuck you.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, true tragedy.
0: It was a sad thing for me. <laughs> You, you got this movie was made for you specifically because you
1: are are a Kaiba girl. Yes, I'm a Kaiba girl. I have a Kaiba dress and everything.
2: I mean, Kaiba's a high quality character. I too enjoy every sad rich boy, sad rich boy with an abusive past and daddy issues. A, an abusive past that 100 percent does not justify the ridiculous bullshit he's doing now. Uh huh. But like, look at him.
0: But like like look at it. what did Sean say when we were watching this? He he is Lex Luther, but with way less empathy. <laughs> like I am afraid of what of what
2: Kaiva's going to do as an adult. It's okay. He he's gone to the afterlife. <laughs> Problem oh. solved.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> the darkest ending.
1: Oh gosh. Uh, I mean, apparently there's canological things that Seto does in the co- in the. If you watch the following, no, I'm just kidding. I don't get it. <laughs> huh technically, he starts dual academy in Yu-Gi-Oh GX, and then there's a time split through five D's and. <laughs> what? No,
0: I demand that you explain this. Okay, I so Seto Kaiba
1: starts the dual uh-huh. school in Yu-Gi-Oh GX. So somehow he okay. comes back from the afterlife. He just comes back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. So he's the one who made the school. He got a whole island and made it for card games. Then despite Yugi, um, who he's still pretending to be mad at, even though he went to the afterlife to make out with him. He made Mm -hmm. Sly for this, like like for poor kids, and then Obelisk for rich kids. Of course he did. But I mean, it's actually by skill level, it's totally not about money, even though it's definitely about money. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, it's about skill level in this card game where you have to buy new cards yeah. to get a better deck.
1: <laughs> Baby's first lesson in capitalism. Sometime later, um Seto uh makes a uh, mix buys I guess all the land in the world um and makes it so that the streets belong for dueling and makes speed dueling. It's a dueling on a motorcycle.
0: Oh, that's how we get card games. On yeah, huh, he
1: accidentally made a continuum thing that made synchro monsters real and turned them to life um, with his science. What?
2: <laughs> well, you know, he is working on those hard light holograms for definitely not smooching purposes, so.
1: That's true. Yeah, so he made speed dueling a thing, and then, but it, uh, there was a timeline shift, I guess, that's between Seto doing two different things. If he doesn't do that, then Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc V happens. Uh Uh-huh. That's my understanding of the Yu-Gi-Oh! canon, and nothing makes sense.
0: Is V different from Vrains, and is V a sequel that involves the original cast? Now you're just- just, Alexis, explain what happened in Yu-Gi-Oh! since I stopped watching.
1: Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc V has multiple dimensions in which the Yu-Gi-Oh shows are all canon, except that they're different because their protagonists don't exist. Uh, what? <laughs> um, they never go to the DM world though, because it would be, um, they'd have to confer They would just put Seto in, and they could put Yu-Gi in or jinochi but um, they didn't want to do that. <laughs> um, so they just brought back of the Five Ds and GX characters. There's just dimensions that exist. I guess GX is supposed to be in the same world as DM, so they just happened to see the people that were from the dual school and not- they missed Seto. They just missed all of the original characters- okay. Yeah, I guess so. I guess Yugi doesn't exist in that world because the main characters don't exist. Because <laughs> they're all nightmare versions of their worlds where bad things are happening. Shut up! They had a Mirrorverse episode. Of, a series. And they a whole series. Because they at one point Mirror a magical Vers- girl fought, not Zork, but he, I think he's uh, supposed to be Zork. The guy who's in the uh-huh. Kura's item. Uh-huh. Right. The, the the one who is the evil behind the evil. Yeah, yeah. The evil behind the evil. Well, apparently the evil what? behind the evil and a magical girl had a duel and she beat him. But then they split into five different people or something or four different people and i love this goddamn series so they much they were reincarnated <laughs> and um the girls don't get to do anything even though the girl is of course they don't. the main it's character um actually the reincarnation of zork the boy he's the main character don't worry about it he gets to be bad at the very end mm, reincarnation of zork so the whole thing is text based
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were eaten by a group <laughs> yeah so i i assume that the Honestly, my, my pet ongoing theory is that with the existence of Zork is, is Takahashi got to the last arc and realized, ah, oh, shit, I made the past version of, of Bakura really sympathetic, what with the whole murdered village thing. But he's been, like, comically amazingly campy evil for the rest of the series before that. So I guess he needs to be actually possessed by the spirit of all evil, who's the one behind the, the sympathetic evil thief
2: character. So th- this is the blue-haired guy, right? Uh huh. So he's possessed by something that's also possessed. Uh huh. There's t- there's double layers of possession. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: an extra ultra final twist, and also Zork has a dick dragon. <laughs> what?
2: He does. What? He does. Yu Gi Oh is and- the goddamn greatest shonen ever. <laughs> And I assume he can just summon this thing based on some new dumb rule. Oh no! It's very—it's very dramatic because,
0: in fact, the thief—the the thief character, what I like, got et by Zork when it is time for him to reveal his evil master plan. In fact, he was only a puppet all along. It was some bullshit, and then there was no more Rika Matsumoto
1: for me. It's a true tragedy, but at least that season of Yu Gi Oh um, confirmed that Blue Eyes White Dragon is the best girl in in Shonen history, and
0: also and also by the the existence of the fact that the the Blue Eyes White Dragon used to be a lady. Said I was by. There we go. That was so awkward. Is you know our super super gay rich when- sad billionaire character? He liked a lady back in the past.
2: Are, are we like? Do we just all shrug off the fact that um, these cards are people bound in eternal torment and such? Yeah. Yeah. We,
1: we just It's don't... weird, because also sometimes they're robots and stuff. Did robots exist in ancient Egypt? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I i, I mean, like, I remember the robot ones. Confusing. Yeah. Or are we still... <laughs> Is that a division of Kaiba Corp? Where we're turning gadgets. <laughs> Horrible
0: eldritch... Starts. Robot monster cards? Yeah, probably. Yeah, in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, they
1: say that there's, like, a spirit world where they live now, so I guess people stopped being bound to them. They thought, ooh, gotta, they keep killing people for that. So they all live in a magical ooh. world.
0: And everything's fine. Oh, no, it's a, it's, it's not, it's a terrible magi-
1: hell world. Oh. Where, no. where if you lose a duel, you die. But it turns out you right, don't die. Sh- you go to a different alternate dimension because it's Yu-Gi-Oh!
2: <laughs> I thought the Shadow Realm thing was a joke and that they just straight up killed you.
0: They did, originally, and I think eventually the show just started leaning into it because of the dub. I genuinely think that there was a symbiotic relationship there. I wouldn't be shocked. Because, like, yeah, in the earliest stuff, that wasn't an edgy edgelord joke.
1: You went to hell. They just killed you. <laughs> yeah, you you were just dead. That was it. And one time they sent Kaiva to a hell dimension and he didn't die.
2: Yep. He appears to just be able to decide not to die
0: (laughs) throughout Uh this. Yeah, in this movie, he just decides not. Yeah,
1: I I fucking love that Seto Kaiba was apparently like, oh, uh, I I have a contingency plan here. Like, he's fucking Batman. What if someone wants to erase me from reality? I'm super rich and famous. I'll just make something that stops that. Don't worry about it.
2: Okay, but can we talk about when he's on television screaming about ancient Egyptian gods? <laughs> the yeah,
0: yeah. All this leads to a final confrontation duel where they have to the to duel for the puzzle and the possibility of the pharaoh coming back. And Kaiba uh, gets and... up on the stage with all these people who do not know what went down in the original
2: series, <laughs> and then and then he just starts yelling <laughs> about magic of them. About magic and the soul, and how the soul is trapped in human meat bodies, and like just imagine Elon Musk doing this shit it's he would be roasted so hard. it's amazing, it's like some cult
0: shit.
1: Seto Kaiva owns all these people, so they can't be surprised. They can't be surprised when he's like, the history of humanity is one of
0: combat, and our desperate desire to escape our mortal fleshy prisons, so I made a
1: card game. I mean, I guess he owns the city. Like, in in, in Battle City, he owns the city, right? Like, how else does he get the warrant? He does just buy out the
0: city so that they can do card games all over the city. That is the plot of that arc, yes. <laughs> that is some petty shit.
1: Uh-huh. So he owns the town, so obviously textbooks are teaching this now. So everyone's like, yeah, obviously, I learned that in fifth grade.
0: And yet, at the same time, Seto was always, like, the straw atheist of the series. He is very magic mumbo jumbo atheist. garbage.
1: <laughs> While magic is happening at him! Wow, how pathetic. Trying to use your, your science rod and tell me it's magic? Okay. <laughs> Everyone knows if it's you a... take bones, it's just science you can make items out of it.
2: <laughs> it's just sufficiently advanced science that I need to figure out for me. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got
0: that Herbert West sy- syndrome where if he would just admit he was doing magic, he would get a lot
2: further in his universe. <laughs> but no, he's using hard light holograms to make incredibly extra cathedrals, uh-huh. but it's not magic. Yep. <laughs> I like that he had to take the puzzle to
1: space to put it together. <laughs> Yeah, I like that he made a space elevator. He was like, look, going on a jet every time up, that sounds asinine. I'll take an elevator. (laughs) His new Blue Eyes Dragon jet
0: is not (laughs) as cool as
2: his (laughs) How long does it take to go up the space elevator? Like, how long are you listening to Girl from Ipanema?
1: Yeah, it goes super fast, but also it probably just, like plays, like, inspirational things for Seto specifically, and everyone else has to just listen. Seto Kaiba, you are amazing. You are looking great today, Seto Kaiba. You will get back your boyfriend. It's sorry to bother you elevator.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay, but I was left extremely terrified of Mokuba in this movie. Who This 12-year-old who's just casually watching an entire... In- Turd dude in what looks like a torture chamber for like part of this movie, just kind of hanging out. This child, uh-huh. <laughs> so setting.
1: I never cared for Mokuba. No one did except for Seto Kaiba. Mm-hmm. I like Mokuba, but probably specifically because I decided Mokuba was trans years ago. Legit, um, because there's an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! where um, Kaiba makes Mokuba a princess in a world, and I'm like. Why would Seto do that? Seto loves Mokuba, unless that's what Mokuba wants. Headcanon accepted. Boom. I'm here for yeah, it. Yeah, so Seto, I'm she's only just a here, a so flitch sure. trans transbian. She's in a suit. She's she's doing her best. She loves her brother because super supportive rich brother. You uh-huh. got her on blockers. She's just too young, you guy. know. Um,
0: she, she doesn't under- she doesn't understand the very capric. The, the, the very corporate capitalistic torture of this
1: is No, she's just like, wow, my brother's dope as fuck. She, he makes virtual worlds and stuff.
0: I love that this fan service movie that is fan service remembered that, that Bakura is an extremely popular character who was mostly pretty ancillary in the series. So everybody talks about how much they care about him and he's part of their group of friends when they would always forget he existed in the so- series, but they still almost never hang out together. Yeah.
1: They're like, oh yeah, Mokova. Um, girls like him, just like in the real world. <laughs> and uh, he's gonna go ahead and get in some mind torture. It'll be.
2: Well, they're busy getting bullied by Steven Universe fans, you know? Well, I
0: will never understand the bully designs in Yu Gi Oh! But they're upsetting and aggressive.
2: Why is that character shaped that way? What, what do they have against necks? Why are all of these characters shaped that way? I'm opening the floor to that question. <laughs> I don't it's know. It's so weird.
0: I just, it's
2: because it's baby's
0: first Jojo.
2: Everything is so pointy.
0: L- seeing Jojo finally come over in English really puts the whole Yu-Gi-Oh aesthetic
2: in perspective. Is J. Jonah Jameson a Jojo?
1: Yeah. We all know that when, um yeah, after Stone Ocean, when the reality changed, J.J. J. Jameson had a reality split where Spider-Man existed. It makes sense. Like, apparently Konami's proud of this bully design, too, because he's in their mobile game. Inexplicably, they made a- they decided that a whole dimension in their Yu-Gi-Oh! game is gonna be this one movie, and because there's only, like, ten characters in this movie tops, they just put that guy in the game, and they're like, here you go, he gets lines and stuff. Also, back up.
0: There's a Yu-Gi-Oh. Model yes, there <laughs> is
1: Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links. You play the card game, but with four thousand life points in three zones. Uh, and there's I'm in not... and the characters you play as the characters, and they have special abilities based on things uh-huh. they do in the anime.
2: They're unlocking their phone as we speak. You don't say. No, I'm listening and paying attention
0: to the podcast <laughs> and not googling Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links, this which is on video. Steam and on the
1: Android and and Apple Store. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> i
0: don't think you understand listeners i wrote a lot of Yu gi fan fiction as a teenager
2: <laughs> all of it bad oh gosh okay but did your parent bind it in a book for you
0: yeah yeah that because damien is too old to be reading naruto fanfic so obviously it had to be his son's yeah clearly uh-huh. just proud dad extremely proud dad the proudest dad Finding his son's Naruto porn. (laughs) So now I have to ask if you were part of Yu-Gi-Oh fandom
1: or if you were doing, like, mostly the card game stuff. I was a big Yu-Gi-Oh fan, but I wasn't, like, engaged in fandom. Like, I played a lot of card games and I watched a lot of the animes. And like I said, I uploaded episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh GX. So I was, like, clearly part of that community, but I just, I don't know. I guess I just... Never was like like at the time I I was like too much like ha I'm a cisgender person look at me I'm performing a gender so I can't care about this.
2: I mean I feel like that would eat up a lot of
1: mental load, frankly. Uh
2: huh. Pretending to be cis
1: is it the is worst. it was I terrible. It. I hated it, and that's like I, I like basically because I was such a nerd. My toxic masculinity was Yu Gi Oh.
2: Yeah. Well, and and also. It sounds like you were pretty heavily involved in the curatorial side of fandom. Yeah. Which is also gender performance in a lot of fandoms. Totally. Like just choosing which part of the fandom you engage with, whether Mm -hmm. it's the
1: curatorial or the transformative. I'm only retroactively part of of the uh, other parts of the fandom where I'm like, I ship these things now. I can say it. I can say how incredibly gay this show is. It's so freeing.
0: You didn't miss much. Like, in hindsight, the fandom was mostly dumb 14-year-olds. And so there wasn't, like, a lot of high-quality fanfic. There was a lot of edgelordy fanfic. (laughs) Yeah. And everybody shipped all of the... The light dark ships.
1: I mean that makes sense. I'm just a slut for FF even characters that barely get to do anything, so I probably would just would have shipped Anzu and Mai, because they're the only two girls who talk. Legit.
2: What what was that ship name, Vry?
0: It had a ship name, but I don't know what I had the whole list. Well, why don't
1: we Mizu? Look the list? I don't know. That's what I'm coming up with.
0: No, no, Yu-Gi-Oh was one of those fanfics that had like cutesy name shipping huh. for everything.
1: Oh yeah, like, it's pride shipping, right? Or something like that for... yeah, Pride shipping is,
0: uh, Yami Yugi and Kaiba. Okay, that's what I thought. No, I, thought I thought I was a pride shipper. shipping is clearly erotica. <laughs> Boo. Oh no, oh god, this is alphabetical by ship name, not by... <laughs> I'll never get oh, there. Oh my
1: gosh. I, I'm like, I, I'm a poly shipper for Yu-Gi-Oh! I just, Yugi gi yami and Kaiba. That's, that's my can... I have a sticker of it on my laptop. I think that was called Flare Shipping. Well, there we go. I'm a Flare No, you shipper.
0: don't understand. There were names for everything. There's a separate ship name for- For the OT3, yes. Okay. Alright. Yeah, there, there was Rival Shipping and Pride Shipping, and then there was Flare Shipping. What's Rival Shipping? Rival Shipping is uh, regular Yugi and Kaiba. And then there's Puzzle Shipping, which is Yugi and Yami Yugi. No, you don't understand. I was in it. <laughs> And I, I, I was a tender shipper, which is the most 13-year-old ship, which isn't really that good. But, like, I had feelings about it. What's that? That that was Bakra and Yami Bakra, obviously. Because you have the tender Moe
2: Uwoo boy, and the evil the evil spirit will possess him. Who's being allowed to name this? Because I need to be fired. Uh-huh. <laughs> so a lot of these are just masturbation. Uh-huh.
1: It's, uh, it's a wild ride.
2: I, I see a couple of these ships have... Uh... Have Seto and Bakura, and they're just allowed in the list. Oh, there
0: were a lot of ships that were just characters you've never met. Are you kidding? Sometimes people were just like, "Does this random collection of characters have a name yet?" Well, it does now.
1: (laughs) Duke Devlin needs to have a ship with every character. It's important.
0: Okay, but the fact that he's not in the movie and randomly show, but does randomly show up during the credits, wild. It's like, they they didn't write a scene for him in the fan service, but he is there to see Anzu off at the airport.
1: I guess because this is supposed to be a follow-up to the manga and not the anime, which Devlin doesn't exist in the manga. What is a Duke Devlin?
0: He was, he made up this dumb dice card game that was part of a filler arc. He was the dude you saw for two seconds in the credits that had the dumb spiky
2: hair and the headband. Ah, yeah.
1: So that was like extra fan service, because this is supposed to be a manga spinoff, but they're like, look, he exists and he knows them.
2: There's a ship that involves Seto and Mokuba. Okay. Yeah, of
1: course there is. Fandom is a mistake. Just, just
2: in this list. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Anime was, in fact, a mistake. <laughs> uh, but honestly, I am extremely glad that
0: you asked us. Because I thought Yu-Gi-Oh! was one of those fandoms where like, I'm I'm over this. This is a Pixels- silly- thing. Sh- no? This is a silly thing that I don't care anymore. But then- We watched some Yu-Gi-Oh! And I was like, oh, I still care about this a lot.
1: Oh my gosh. Like, I I had no expectations. I thought this would be awful. I I, I was like at the library uh, that uh, Frankie was working at my fiancé. So I just got it. I was like, oh, let's watch this movie. I would joke about it all the time. I'm like, Frankie, let's watch this movie. And then I actually loved it. And then it became a very serious joke that it's the best movie of all time. Uh-huh. Oh, no. The
2: best two hours of fan service ever. Okay, but that's why you shouldn't watch things ironically, mm-hmm. because
0: it always ends, in fact, in really shipping it. By the way, good news, the name for, for shipping Mai and Anzu is Dance Shipping. Okay. And now you know.
1: Does Mai dance ever? I don't know, but I guess I guess she does.
0: I guess she has that outfit that looks like she's about to go clubbing. <laughs> that was weird, because she's like a grown-ass woman but also hangs around with these teenagers and is kind of Genochi's love interest a little bit sometimes. right? Well, and because everybody's hanging out on this weird freaking island where most of the characters are teenagers. Well, and also,
2: I legitimately am unable to tell what age these fucking characters are supposed to be. Yeah. I thought Yugi was like 13. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> until, no, he's until, just
2: short. <laughs> until he's giving the valedictorian speech at his high school. Yeah, oh, uh,
1: gosh. I was confused.
2: <laughs> Yeah,
0: but then then you remember like, oh, this was just weird and uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> oh shit, I forgot because anime is weird. Because the anime did not treat her as older than them, but she was. Yeah,
1: like, anime is weird. I don't I don't know about anime.
0: <laughs> anime generally can be agreed to be a
1: yes, mistake. Yes, I, I like some animes. I, I, I watch a couple and I like a few. I really like Stars Align. Yeah, that's our that's our recommendation to you listeners. Don't watch this unless you're like
0: already a fan of Yu-Gi-Oh, but do watch Stars Alive and
1: like yeah, tweet about, about it, it a lot because then I maybe mean, they'll make it and I can be happy and not and not sad that it didn't finish.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I didn't have a terrible time watching this or anything, but I certainly wasn't getting out of it what somebody who actually knows what's going on is. This is not made for you to jump in and this isn't one of those anime movies that's designed to let you hop in if you haven't seen the series. It's mm-hmm. not a summary movie or anything.
1: Yeah, they only they like just drop you off the fucking deep end with space elevators and stuff.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> and, and again, the fact that the movie ends with, with Seto going to the afterlife with science to, to yell at his crush is the most powerful gay energy in the entire I love universe.
1: it so much. It fed my soul. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> I that. have my own headcanon now of what happened immediately after this. I wasn't even into that ship,
0: and damn, it's some powerful gay energy. It's
1: good.
2: I, I mean, I do love an incredibly stupid genius. Uh-huh. That's the best kind of character. Yeah. It's a genius
1: who is just so fucking I'm not stupid. generally a rich boy uh. stan. I'm a rich girl stan, but I don't generally stand rich boys. But Sato, I stand so hard.
0: I would be here for a swapped Seto. That would be, unstoppably
1: powerful. Never ending. Give give me too much power. I I think that about wraps up our hour of just
0: grossly nerding out over this this thing yeah. that I don't know if anybody's still listening to. <laughs> we talked
1: a little bit about but the we movie. We had fun.
0: <laughs> but we had fun, and that's what's important. And I here. hope my bafflement was entertaining thank you sweetheart for watching this movie
1: (laughs) i like when when kaiba summons a god out of sheer force of will from the ground because he doesn't want to lose
2: and also just decides not to die yeah
1: like that scene is just full of kaiba fan service as a kaiba fan where he's like i resist this i save my little brother and i summon god from the ground fuck you and it doesn't. Your attack doesn't work because it's a
0: god, not a monster. And I'm like, okay, that's. I know that rules don't apply
2: in Yu-Gi-Oh! Except for what the plot demands, but that's an extra ass I was sitting here going like, I'm pretty sure that's not how that phase of the game goes. <laughs>
0: the fi- The fact that Yugi wins the final duel by yada locking the bad guy. I mean, it's amazing. Literally,
2: yada lock, but. But, like, the same
1: principle, where he loops him until he dies. Just loses through a cheap game exploit. He's just like, oh, dude, don't worry about it. Like,
2: that's the realest thing. I have an there. FTK.
1: Uh-huh. Here you go. I'm just gonna go ahead and win the duel now.
2: Again, I, I played a field control deck. Like an <laughs> asshole.
1: <laughs> one, at one point, I played a frog deck, and I didn't play the FTK version, but I had the one card that let you do it. I just didn't run enough frogs to do it. And people would get so afraid of my frog deck. That's the best when you have a very unimposing sounding deck that will destroy yeah, I, you. Yeah, I would fuck with people and I'd use sword and shield and I'd have a bunch of 2,000 attack frogs that would win the duel and it was hilarious. I got to the top of a tournament with it. It was like one of my best performances in a tournament. I was shocked. Nice. Good and also yeah. amazing. <laughs> That's Yu-Gi-Oh! That was, a, that was a movie I liked it.
0: Yeah. good it was yes. fun yes i thank you for the opportunity to have this extremely nerdy conversation it made me feel warm and fuzzy and if you're wondering listeners why you saw me randomly retweeting Yu Gi Oh fan art a few weeks ago this is why <laughs> oh gosh so uh yeah so thank you so much for joining us listeners uh, uh alexis why don't you tell the good people where they can find more of your stuff oh and yeah give you, well, you can go
1: to patreon.com backslash alexis sarah to find all the content i make I post it up there, and most of it goes to the public for free eventually. I make comic books and stuff, and I've won an Eisner and an Ignatz Award.
0: That's really cool. so Um, cool. Yeah,
1: I'm kind of a big deal, except no one in the industry does think so. (laughs) But. uh, (laughs) Someday. And um, if you like me talking, um, I rant about leftist things or random nerd shit on Twitter at transcomics.
0: All right, and if you liked more of this podcast in general, you can find us by going searching for Trash and Treasures on SoundCloud or your podcatcher of choice. We'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or review because it makes it easier for folks to find us and it just makes us feel warm in our heart places. We have a Patreon too it's patreon.com slash trash and treasures. Uh, It helps keep the lights on, helps us pay for hosting fees, and to acquire media like the DVD that I special ordered to watch for this episode because I'm a nerd and it's on the shelf now. And we put monthly bonus episodes on for patrons and Dorothy makes a really beautiful recipe guide uh, if you're a fan of the Drunk Book Club. She makes both alcoholic and non-alcoholic versions of all the stuff we drink. It's nice. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at treasures underscore pod at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media. We are on Tumblr at trashandtreasurespod.tumblr.com, or we're on Twitter at TrashPod. Uh, by all, and we love to give folks who shout out us nicely a uh, shout out on the show. For example, uh, this time around, shout out to at ally is too tired, because... I I just, it eternally pleases me that that folks liked the Hannibal episode, because Hannibal is another thing I have too many feelings about. (laughs) And next time, in fact, we will be doing another anime thing. Two anime things in a row, because, which is rare for us, but it's our Valentine's Day
2: special. And boy, this one was something. This is choice. We are going to be watching Mystery of Necronomicon. By the,
0: yes, it's by the overfiend guy. But much cheaper. Much cheaper. Thanks for listening, y'all, and until next time, take care of yourselves out there. Bye. See ya.